0: Whether you're a professional, parent, entrepreneur, or hey, even living that passive income lifestyle, I'll tell you the truth. Every woman, and honestly, almost every human that I know and that I talk to, is facing some common experiences. We're all working on prioritizing joy and self-care. We're navigating success and also cultivating resiliency in the face of adversity, challenges, failure, and whatever else seems to be going on in the world that day. We're balancing personal, family, and professional obligations, responsibilities, and we're deeply yearning for community, for connection, for collaboration. And whether we have the language or the awareness yet or not, we're working towards being more grounded, more present, and more conscious. Today's conversation touches on all those topics and so much more. I'm honored to be joined by Jenna Herbert, an entrepreneur, visionary, author, and creative powerhouse to talk about all this and so much more. So let me tell you a little bit about Jenna. Jenna is someone who has a big passion for empowering artists and fostering conscious entrepreneurship, and she's made a significant impact through her ventures, including The Make It Show and Conscious Lab. As a founder of The Make It Show, Jenna created a dynamic platform for emerging artists to showcase their work and connect with a diverse audience. What began as a small-scale event has evolved now into one of Canada's largest and most influential craft and art markets. Chances are you've been to one or sold your products at one or you've been gifted gifts that have come from the signature makeys at the Make It Show. Through the Make It Show, Jenna has provided countless artists with a springboard to success, enabling them to turn their creative passions into thriving businesses. Jenna's dedication to conscious entrepreneurship led her to establish Conscious Lab, an initiative that supports and nurtures socially responsible businesses in Vancouver conscious lab is an amazing hub for inspiring entrepreneurs providing resources mentorship and a supportive community to create ventures that prioritize sustainability and positive social impact jenna's work through conscious lab has inspired a whole new generation of entrepreneurs to build businesses that make a difference in the world and don't we love that Beyond all of this, though, Jenna is also an accomplished author and a sought-after speaker. Her book, Make It Happen, link in the show notes, of course, offers practical guidance and strategies for artists looking to transform their creative passions into successful businesses. As a speaker, she captivates audiences, as you'll hear on this podcast, with her amazing insights on creative entrepreneurship, conscious living, and the intersection of art and commerce. Jenna's visionary leadership and commitment to the arts have garnered recognition and admiration from the industry and beyond. She's a strong advocate for equality and supporting mentoring, uh, supporting and mentoring aspiring entrepreneurs, particularly women, to overcome obstacles and achieve their goals. In a world where creativity and entrepreneurship intersect, Jenna really does stand out as a guiding light, inspiring artists and entrepreneurs to embrace their passions, build purpose-driven businesses, and make a positive impact on the world. And let me say this also, Jenna is a dear friend and a true connector and collaborator in every sense of the world. And whenever I talk to her, I just want to soak up everything she says because I learned so much listening to her and that's why I'm so excited to be sharing this episode with all of you. We are talking about business, about motherhood, consciousness, Uh, you're going to hear she is a brilliant, intelligent, and gracious human and I know you're going to learn a lot from her. In this episode, you're going to hear uh, more details about Jenna's 10-plus-year journey of entrepreneurship. I don't know what the actual number is. It's got to be maybe close to 20. I, maybe it's in the episode. we have to do some math. Um, you're also going to hear how Jenna pivoted in the last few years as both an event host and a live event space owner, and what she learned in this pivot that she wishes all entrepreneurs knew. You're also going to hear what she wishes she knew before she came both became both a mom and an entrepreneur. You're going to hear my question which was does it get easier when you hit all these success markers in business like please Jenna tell me it gets easier um and I mean here's spoiler alert you're gonna hear Jenna's philosophy that life actually gets harder sometimes when you've achieved your goals and trust me this is a must listen piece it's really important that you hear this and get it and also that it doesn't scare you off of your goals because it's worth it. Uh, Jenna also talks about the difference between a visionary and a doer, how they differ, what that means. Um, and you're also going to hear about how unlearning what Jenna learned in business school and overcoming conditioning has been the key to her success and how it can help you define and reach success on your terms too. Oh, and by the way, if you have little ears listening, there is an F-bomb dropped later on in this episode, so please be mindful of who's listening alongside and maybe hit pause if you got little ones and uh, follow us up when you got some headphones or some quiet time to yourself. All right, get ready. We're talking collaborations, community building, consciousness, and fine-tuning business and life with Jenna Herbert. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello, Golden Girls, and welcome to this episode of Golden Girls Podcast. I am so excited to be joined today by one of my favorite people, both in the business world and in my personal life, my dear friend, Jenna Herbert. Thank you so much for being here, Jenna.
1: It is such a pleasure. I think a year and a half in the making, but we're doing it. (laughs)
0: At least, at least, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, the card we pulled right before we hit play was doubt is part of the creative process. And I'm like, I also feel like, you know, a year and a half of waiting is in there and a year and a half of like percolating on all the ideas. So I'm so grateful that we are actually here making this happen. Um, and I know it's going to be incredible for everybody listening. Now I am so lucky that I know you on a personal level and get to spend time with you. But for those people who don't know you, uh, you know, you, you wear a lot of hats, you've done a lot of amazing things in your life, and you're an incredibly successful entrepreneur and human. So, for those that don't know you, why don't you t- kind of lift back the curtain and share a little bit about the journey that you've been on in terms of entrepreneurship, life, all of things? Um, well, I, I appreciate that intro. Uh...
1: Yeah, I I guess I have done a lot. Um, It's so funny because when I think about my, there's so much I want to do. So I always feel like, oh, but I feel like I'm just getting started. Uh, But I did start entrepreneurship at a very young age. I think it was an influence of my, my dad. He was an entrepreneur growing up. And so the first company I started was called Booty Belts. And it was uh, a product I created for one of my university classes. I was studying business at the U of A. And for one of my marketing classes, I came up with this business plan and then eventually launched Booty Belts. And uh, if you Google them, you probably won't find much because this was back like 20 years ago before, <laughs> you know we posted all the things that we do on the internet. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're just these scarf belts that I started to produce and then ended up selling them in stores. And it didn't take long before I thought, okay, well, what if I start selling these myself instead of selling them to the store that would end up selling them to the customer. So I ended up doing festivals and craft fairs all across the country. And back at that point in time, there wasn't the abundance of craft fairs like there is now. So it didn't take me long to think, hmm, what would it be like to start my own event? and uh yeah it just my brother and i founded make it together we both you know just had this idea and so we made the craft fairs cool and hip so we had uh a bar and some music and it just really caught on because that was just what was happening at that that moment in time there's a lot more creative people craft fairs were making a resurgence etsy was quite new on the scene and yeah we were we were really fortunate to have some early success and then it just built. So this year, 2023, is Make It's 15 year anniversary. So it's quite wild that uh, I have a 15 year old business. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the fast story of how it started and just a lot of community support. And we really made, um, we call them Makeys the exhibitors at Make It, we really created a community, or I would say we all created a community because I don't think one person builds community. I feel like community is a collective experience that takes the buy-in of everyone that's part of it, that they decide that they're gonna be part of it. So I'm really proud of what Make It has evolved into.
0: Oh my gosh! There's so many things. I already am like, which direction should we go? And this is this is why we're friends. Um, you know, yes. I I think anybody listening, and if anybody who knows you or you know gets to read your 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 bio, all your accomplishments. I think you know when you said they're was going to resonate with so many people which is like I am so busy sometimes looking at all the things I want to still do versus the things that I've done and I think there's such a a healthy balance there and I hope that you can look in the mirror and know that you are freaking awesome Um, and I also just love that you have (laughs) good good. I love that you have this pizzazz and like this natural bubbling and energy and excitement and really curiosity and interest in creating more and I think that's something that I always love about you and I I what you said there too around like make it this being this unique time that's something I think is really one of your gifts is being able to pick up on some level on many levels like what's going on in the collective consciousness and in the world around us and what are the needs that people have that you can serve and I think that's really one of your gifts I mean and anyone who's a successful entrepreneur has had to do that at some point and you do that so well Um, and let's also put in a big shameless plug for make it I have to tell you like I mean, I knew it was going to be cool. Someone told me it was Etsy in person. Hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not really like on Etsy much, but that's cool. And I went to your show in December. And, okay, I hate shopping I'm just like not I just really struggle with gift giving my love language is a zero and I mean you saw me I had to get a wagon to pull all my stuff out yes. I'm pretty sure Troy is hoping that I somehow miss the event this year well, <laughs> uh, but I got I got <laughs> but like someone needs to carry the wagon babe this ah. is going this can be your job uh but you know it's just it's such it was such an amazing community I really felt that you know people were proud to be there excited to be there proud of their products it was fun it was great music and there really is something super special about it and you've certainly for the people like me who are like don't know how to buy gifts but are looking for unique things to give people that they love in their life it is such a fantastic event so I I'm not technically like a is there a name for the people who are just like make it groupies like (laughs) yeah because I'm not a makey but I feel like I need a name yeah yeah I know we should get a name yeah okay we'll we'll try chat gpt on that (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Chad GBT. Come up with 10 creative names for a Make It groupie. We'll see what it comes up with. (laughs) Stay tuned. Okay. So let's talk about the last couple years because um, you have Make It. You also own Conscious Lab, which we're going to talk about in a future episode. Uh, It's an event space. Make It is an event. The last couple years have obviously just rocked your world. So tell us a little bit about that you know what happened how did you pivot what did you simplify what did you learn Mm.
1: yeah i i never really saw that one coming (laughs) yeah that wasn't in like your business plan hey not really not really uh but it worked out really nicely in the end um yeah so we we were gearing up for our spring shows back in uh 2020 and Yeah, it was it was a tough one to navigate, just morally the right thing to do. So I was actually very grateful that the government stepped in and basically shut us down so I didn't have to make that call because that's a tough call to make. But yeah, it was one week before our Edmonton show. So all our billboards were up, all our advertising, everything was ready to rock. And a week before we had to pull the plug And, and it was it was it was tough. And it was also, it was a collective experience. It wasn't just a bad thing that happened to me or the company personally. It was all over. So it was really a time where I felt like we came together as a community. And I remember I did a a GoFundMe thing and we had some of the Makey's Crate products for the first responders and, and people in in healthcare like masks and all hand sanitizer, all this stuff. So we actually raised quite a bit of money, which was which is super cool. Um I also, as you mentioned, uh I was pregnant um during that time. So I really got to experience that pregnancy without having the weight of organizing make it you know in in hindsight one thing I wish I would have done I wish I would have just canceled the year instead of we thought we were going to do holiday so we accepted all the applications we actually sold out the show and then we had to do another round of refunds and some of the other events were not doing refunds they were just holding the money until you know things opened up but it was really important for me just energetically to have that be clear and just you know we'll take your money again once we know we can have a show so we refunded everybody which was definitely uh a little bit painful um and something again i had not experienced before but i feel like just overall like everyone was very generous like some of the companies that we dealt with um were really great and like the venues said you know what don't worry about it like we'll just we'll we'll refund your money or we'll take it for the next show so i felt like it was a really amazing way to see the good side of humanity really shine and it yeah definitely created a long pause a long pause that i feel i needed because before covid we were producing seven shows a year we had two in Edmonton, two in Calgary, and then three in Vancouver. And I feel like in hindsight, I almost didn't know how to get off the ride. Like the ride was going so fast. And my business model really um, bakes accountability right in there in the sense of, you know, we, we have 250 exhibitors for Vancouver. So we take the money from the artists and the makers, and then we we sure as hell have to put on a good show because we want to make sure, you know, they're happy and the shoppers are happy. Uh, so probably, probably some of my people pleasing nature also, you know, I feel like we choose the business or the business chooses us in the area of life where we have to grow the most. And that's why I've always looked at it as a spiritual journey more than anything.
0: Hmm couldn't agree more and thanks for sharing such like the beautiful stories of humanity because I think we've lost some of that in the last like two and a bit years so I really appreciate you sharing some of those yeah some of the the ways that community comes together because because it does it really does so so you went from seven shows Mm -hmm. you know three four years ago what does make it look now because I know you've simplified it so tell me about that uh what are some of the lessons in that
1: Yeah, so we decided that we were just going to do Vancouver, just do the holiday show, for a few different reasons. Um, I grew up in Edmonton, and when we first launched Make It, you know, Edmonton was the big show. Vancouver was a struggle, because I've now lived in Vancouver, I guess, about 15, 16 years. So, yeah, around the same time we started Make It. Um, but not being in that community, I just felt like the marketing and tapping into the energy of the city was getting harder and harder. Like Vancouver, it's somewhat, somewhat easy because, you know, I, I, I just know a lot of people here and I feel like marketing, which is always such a fascinating topic, especially now, like marketing, we have all these tools now and all these platforms, but I feel real authentic marketing comes down to word of mouth. So now with Vancouver Holiday Show, we came back for the first time in three years uh, last year, and it was it was such a success, and it was really a great lesson for me that I don't have to push as hard as I think I do because I'm like oh my god, and I, I was hustling and doing all these things, and then I got so sick. I don't I don't think it was COVID, but it sure it felt awful. I was just sick for about two or three weeks right before the show, and I remember we planned this like pop up. Party at Conscious Lab, and I remember I was like, "Yeah, you were there, right, Lisa? Did you go to that thing?" Oh yeah, I was. So
0: yeah, scared, probably yeah. I, re- I remember you being sick, and I remember us canceling personal plans because you were just not feeling really good. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I hope she feels better for her show." Oh man, it w- it was rough, and I remember
1: going. I'm like, "I gotta go to the party because it's my company." And in hindsight, I think I just made it so much worse because I ended up being a- sick for an extra week. But it really was such a great lesson and like, oh, I have a team now. They can do stuff. Like, I don't have to be present all the time because throughout Make It, I really positioned myself as the face of the brand, which can be highly effective and also a bit of a double-edged sword because then folks are always expecting you to show up. And when you get really sick or, then, or if you decide, I don't really want to do this anymore, you, you almost create a bit of a trap for yourself or at least my Mm. situation have felt like that a little bit.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's so true. I mean, personal brands are really successful. I just saw a post the other day that was showing like the person's Instagram following and then like their brand's Instagram following and there's no comparison. The personal brand always has more followers. Um, But there's also so much power... power in having it not be all about you so you don't have to always be the one as we said also right before we hit record you know the who not the how right mm-hmm. and it's important to have other who's and so that you're not doing all the hows and all the things
1: yeah and I think the nature of being an entrepreneur and a, a creative person is you want to try different things and I felt like if if we didn't have that pause with make it I had a couple offers to sell the company throughout the years, but I felt like, okay, I got to do this because this is just the thing I do. And I felt like I created almost a cage for myself in a lot of ways. And yeah, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation. So I feel like now, you know, evolving just who I am and just evolving, evolving my offerings. Like I have a lot more flexibility and a lot more space and realized It's up to us to create the space for ourselves. Like, I don't think anybody else can create space for you.
0: (laughs) Okay, I love where you're going with this. So you were in a cage and now you have space. So what's the cage that you broke out of? What did it look like to break out of that cage? And what do you mean by having space now? What does that look like?
1: Well, I feel like you can cage yourself in a lot of different ways. But from my experience, the cage felt like expectation, a bit of reputation, just what I was known for, and success. Um, once you figure out, because entrepreneurship is really like building a little factory, even if you're the product, like even if you're, you know, you're the podcaster, or you're, you know, the one, like a speaker or writer, you're still creating somewhat of a little factory. And if you have a factory that churns out, widgets in a highly effective way, it's tough to deviate. Because there is that belief of like, well, what if I can't pull this off again? And then you look at the stats, and the stats are not exactly in your favor. Because what is it percentage of, you know, female companies succeed, just like businesses in general, I think have a 5% success rate. I, I think once I looked up Um, female founded companies that earn more than a million dollars a year and I think there's like
0: one (laughs) percent it's a depressing number it's absolutely a low number yeah
1: it's very small it's very small so I feel like just you know maybe it comes from survival or what but like it's it's like whoa well I how, how can I step away from that To the unknown. So yeah, it was super scary. So I felt like the cage definitely was the fear. And a lot of times, like I I, I love doing the show, I was like, Oh, I really like this. This is what I know. But I knew there was something else there. And I knew that either I would sell the company completely, which is easier said than done, you know, finding a buyer and and especially for an event company. um, I, I had to Two offers in the last 15 years, and it, it, it's tough, especially when you're a small company selling to a really big company. There's a lot of different factors to consider. Um, and especially if you are somewhat the personal brand, I feel like a lot of large companies they, they like that, but they want to trap you in there. They, they want you with the package. So then you end up getting paid to work. You're yourself. just in their cage instead
0: of your cage.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're probably not making it as much money too. So it's, it's sort of interesting.
0: So what, what is the, like, how, how are things different now? Like, what did you what did you break out of? All right, I guess I get, I get the sense of like breaking out of the trap of success and I've always done it this way and the pressure to do it and the expectations. Like, how did you do that? And what's the lesson in here that you wish you'd maybe known before or that you want other entrepreneurs to hear?
1: Uh, what? What? I mean... It was really forced upon me <laughs> just to have that space. And then, you know, once I had my son, I was really grateful and we, we tried some stuff. We did something called Make It Box. So we created these boxes around the holidays, uh, when we didn't have our show that still supported all the makers in our community because we we purchased items, put them in a box, and they were a huge success. And it it, it was great and it was a lot of work. And I think you I remember writing my journal, never do make it boxes again. And then, and I still get tempted. I mean, those shiny objects of like, oh, it'd be so fun to do make it like the jelly box. It's that w- was what inspired me. I'd never heard of the jelly box, and one of my friends was telling me all about it. I'm like, that's brilliant. I should do that with make it, and we did. And it's really um, the fine tuning of what you can do, what you feel you should do, and really what you really want to do. So now I'm tapping into what I really want to do and what feels good, and yeah, it's a whole different experience. And it's very unpredictable, so you don't—you you, kind of have to deal with that—that that sensation in your body of, of the not knowing and still stepping forward. Uh, but it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time.
0: How does being the lesson of being instead of just doing? How does that tie into this? Well, I've
1: never been much of a doer. I know that might sound surprising because I wrote a book called Make It Happen, and it looks like I'm just like sh- 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 churning it out. But I don't really like being that busy. I don't like being. Oh yeah, that's the book. <laughs> yeah, that was that was hard work, man. But you know what? It was also hard work. Now looking back, it was a mental game. It wasn't the actual like work. Editing was not not overly fun. But it's the mental thing and like sh- like being seen and sh- people gonna like it. And even now, like. I, I feel mixed feelings about the book. Like, I, I, and people tell me it's good, and that's good. It was sort of a personal thing. Um, but uh, yeah, where was where, where I going with this? Oh, the being versus, versus, uh, versus a doing. So being is allowing yourself just to be here and not having the expectation of accomplishing something other than just being yourself, which in our society today now is quite revolutionary. <laughs>
0: Agreed. Agreed. I know you, you and I have really similar beliefs on this that like the mind game is everything and it changes your world. What were some of the mind games that you had to change in the last couple of years that are like, I don't know if there's one or two that are really pivotal that have allowed you to be in this transformation?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm learning them. I feel like this week I learned some really big ones. Um, I feel having confidence in my ideas because i'm a very visionary person like conscious lab i came up with the name all that six years ago and i was shocked i even could get the domain and the social around it because no one i guess to that point had put conscious and lab together but for me i just wanted to create a space where people could explore their consciousness in a very safe very clean way both aesthetically and energetically and I feel like when you're uh, a visionary type person, you actually can't really be a hard worker. They don't work the same. You're running on different bandwidth. Like when I'm visioning, like I have to be still, I need lots of space, I need to walk around, I need to like listen to my body and all that. So when I have to like work hard, when I have to grind, I'm, I'm not very good at it. I'm not very fast, I'm not very effective. I'm, you know, I, I don't really like doing anything on computers if I can avoid it. Um, But yeah, sometimes it's very lonely when you have all these ideas and you can't share them because other people either just don't get it or don't care or think you're a weirdo. So I'm so grateful, obviously, to have... Fellow weirdos like you, Lisa, where we can, like, in between chasing our children, be like, oh my God, I don't know about this. Blah, blah, and we could just, like, have these micro conversations that we end up, like, that's why I feel like we needed an excuse just to have a real conversation. And that's why we needed to schedule this podcast. <laughs>
0: seriously i know i know so yeah our our kids jenna's little man is two and sonoma is five and they just have the cutest little relationship and they're really great together um but it's also busy like we usually are just like what are we talking about again oh yeah this amazing thing oh wait here's snacks here's water wait don't uh put your clothes back on kid let's <laughs> go come on <laughs> like it's just always something and it's so fun um and you know i i love like I love that you're a visionary and I love that you always have ideas and it makes it such, you're just such a cool person to be friends with. So when you just said you're like, some people don't get it. Some people think it's weird. I'm like, what? I'm like, Jenna, I hope you know. You can like always, I mean, it might be a scattered conversation, but I'm always here to hear all your ideas. And I think it's so, so... Such a gift, such a genius gift. Oh,
1: like that! I love all your ideas too, and I feel like even just how we're evolving is—it's not like it's my idea and it's my business. Like this idea of collaboration in a totally different way than I feel like it's probably ever been done you know, at least in modern history, especially with women, like, you know, pooling our resources. It's like, well, what are your gifts? What are your gifts? Who are your connections? It's it's something that's quite unchartered and also very, very exciting because we're stepping into our power now. And it's, yeah, it's quite a force.
0: Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's, just to tie this like to, to two things, uh, one of the recent episodes I did was with Danielle from Van City Business Babes, and we talked about collaboration and how important that is, and like how it's helped her grow her business. And I mean, she's one of the she's so well connected, and we talked about this on the episode. and And I don't think you could have had that I could have had that conversation with a, a male entrepreneur, like, and that those conversations have not been going on for decades and decades. Like, that's a fairly New conversation in terms of the business space and the podcast space. And I think the same thing with you. Like Troy and I were in the hot tub last night chatting. And one of the things he asked, we were chatting about you. And he was like, How is Jenna like? She's so well connected and she knows all these people and she has all the, like, she just, she knows so much of what's going on. I'm like, It's because she's a connector and she's a collaborator and she's one of the first people to say, How can I help you? And what can I do for you? And like, you're not attached to owning certain things. Like, you really are about exactly what you said around pooling your resources and I am sure that's such a huge reason why you're so successful and I am really excited to have everybody else listening to this conversation too and I think it's like perfect timing to have you and Danielle even though it was not planned this way. Like your episode's kind of close together uh, because collaboration is so powerful and I think it's, you know, I, I didn't learn about collaborations in business school and yet I feel like when I look at the people that are really thriving and in many ways, not just like in one pillar or one metric of business, but really thriving. It's that community lens and that collaboration uh, motivation.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like collaboration takes a lot of trust and a lot of vulnerability and really understanding cycles of giving and receiving, which is a different paradigm than what we really grew up with, especially like I went to business school and, and, you know, a bit of a business school misfit now that I think back. Uh, but, but yeah, I remember so much of what I learned didn't really make sense to me in my mind. I'm like, this is all just doesn't make sense. But I, I pretended like, okay, well, I get it. I I, I wanna be a good girl and get good grades and all that. And and so much of like when I first started Booty Belts, like Booty Belts is quite successful. I started as a school project. I was selling to 120 stores. I had like two little factories turning these things out. It was pretty big and it was pretty fast but I didn't, I didn't follow any of the rules I really learned in business school. Like it was all very intuitive. It was like, you know, just getting to know people, like having those chance moments and, and, and those encounters and really following that. So I, a lot of it is the unlearning process of our programming and our conditioning from such a young age, especially as women and what it means to be a successful entrepreneur. And, 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 and also like, I don't yeah. And also, now that I think about it, I really had to struggle uh, through that identity shift of like, you know, I'm Jenna and I run seven shows a year and, you know, I, I do this, 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 you know, I have seven figure business and all that until like, oh, no, we're just doing one. And of course, everything dropped. But I realized that financial gain is only one metric, but it feels like it's a metric that's been favored. For so many years, and it's like make money at all costs. But but for me, and especially now being in my forties, like there's so many other metrics, like my health and my relationships, and like my, you know, my my son, like being happy and healthy and being connected to him. So, anyways, uh, where was I going with that?
0: Uh, yeah, we're really able to define this whole new way of being. I'm literally taking notes right now for another podcast we're gonna do, because <laughs> um, I already know I want to tap into you know what are the success metrics that you that you care about and like I'm dying to ask you but I know we're gonna run out of time so I'm trying to keep us on this topic, but I want to know like so stay tuned for future episodes, friends, because we're gonna talk about like how do you know you're a visionary and what adv- I want to know what advice you have for other people who are visionary because the world really talks about like the doers. So anyways, we're going to come back to that how and how you use intuition in business and all that stuff. So anyways, I'm putting a pin in it. I'm coming back to it. it. If my team is listening, please start me my next interview with Jenna and uh, we'll make that
1: happen. Yeah, regular old series. Oh yeah,
0: yes. Entrepreneur Hour and Feminine Leadership with Jenna.
1: Oh, it's a huge topic now. And I feel like it's a huge topic for, for all gender identification. Like it's not... You know, the feminine leadership doesn't mean it's a woman. You know, and I, I listened to your other podcast about femininity, which was really, really interesting. Uh, because, uh, and and I feel like it could be called a, a bunch of things, like yin yang. We've got lots of terminology for this, but it's that softer, it's that allowing, it's that feeling of like opening and and really asking instead of pushing, and that that is really the hard work, and you know, that's the beingness, you know, that's doing a different type of work other than answering a million emails on your computer. Just being able to like receive and ask for what you want. Like if you can just focus on those two skills, you don't even need email anymore or social media.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, we are so going to talk about that. I can't wait to hear all the things because I've got like a list of 20 people I need to reply to an email and I need to know how to to not do that. So we're going to talk about that uh, next time for (laughs) sure. Um, Okay, let's Let's kind of switch gears here, but I think so perfectly aligned with what we were just talking about. Like the opening, the softness, the last couple years, not only did your entire business pivot and shift, but as you mentioned, you also became a mom. So mm-hmm. what was that experience like? What do you wish you had known before becoming a mom and an entrepreneur? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or did I wish I... I knew, uh, I don't know if there could have been anything. And if I knew all the things I might've made a different decision. Oh
0: my gosh. Can't real talk though. No, I, yeah. It's so hard, right? It's so I'm hard. Joking.
1: I'm totally joking because I, I'm so, but I feel like the old, what I mean by saying that, not that I regret having my son, cause he's, he's definitely the best thing I've ever done. Uh, just the old me would have been like well why the hell would i would want to do that because you don't understand the feeling and the capacity that your heart can evolve and 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 just like the lessons like because it doesn't and i remember even looking around with my friends with kids i'm like oh that really is gross and that really is all like kind of dirty and like but yeah no i i really feel like my son's been my greatest teacher i know a lot of parents say that but it is it is true and uh yeah, what advice would be good? Probably that it's gonna look messy and crazy and you know, you just sort of figure it out. And and slowing down really helps a lot.
0: Can you imagine doing seven shows and being a mother right now?
1: No. Well, I would just do it way differently. I would have probably a lot more support. That, that That's also a, a great topic because you can't imagine something higher, just like on a vibrational standpoint. Like I can't I can't imagine, like, because we're both reading that book, 10X is easier than 2X. But the 10X is a great leap of faith because like when I think, wow, 10X my condo, 10X my body, 10X my relationship, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around uh, because I'm in mean, the current reality. So I feel like it takes a lot of imagination Hmm. and curiosity Hmm.
0: so cool we'll link to i'll link to the book in the show notes and i think you know what you said there is like i would need a lot more support and that's what it is like it's that and i think that's why i'm sure that's a big part of the reason why entrepreneurship and motherhood like probably that combination and motherhood feels so stifling is because we haven't really been taught how to get the help and how to get the support and how to ask and receive as you were mentioning too. And so I think you're right. It does take like a complete shift in paradigms and beliefs and, and everything's to be able to make those really big things happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: So I look at you and I know lots of other people do and they're like, wow, she is an author. She has a gorgeous event space downtown. You're an entrepreneur. You're, you're a mom, like you're also, you're so joyful and friendly and happy and fun and genuine and just just good people and I, i'm like she must never she must like know that she's never failed she must never get scared she must always just feel like <laughs> really lisa come on <laughs> really really yeah no seriously like tell me like i'm like is everything You're like amazing. easy and amazing oh i don't know i have i have you see you see me rant and get on my soapboxes. boxes no i don't i don't think i'm like that i definitely have lots of failures and lots of struggles
1: of course, everybody has a lot of failures and a lot of struggles. Uh, I, I, hmm, okay. So, so how are you at, Like, are you asking how I do it, or what? What sort of? What you like? T- of course, I have things all the time. Like, I feel like so many things I do aren't. It's all perception, though, right? it's it's the lens that we choose to look at from like you know i have good days i have bad days i have days where i feel like i should be so much further there's days where i want to give it all up and just stay at home with my son um there's days where yeah i want to open up 100 conscious labs and Well, I always love conscious love. I've never wanted to give up. I want to sign like a lifetime lease because I, I love that space so much. But that's also more in my purpose. Like with Make It, I felt like I got a lot of experience. I learned a lot. But as I evolved as a person, I wasn't getting the juice that I once did. And that it's like a relationship. You know, It's like a marriage. Like you go through ups and downs, and at a certain point, you might come to the conclusion that maybe this isn't the right partnership for you. Like, that's how I felt with Make It. But instead of selling it, I'm like, but I do like the Vancouver Holiday Show. That's really fun for me, and that I can do. And it's like any sort of living thing. It's like trees. You have to prune them to allow the rest of the tree to be more viable. So I feel like that's a lot of what business is. It's it's fine-tuning. So I would say my biggest struggle is... Well, I don't. I don't really know what to do every day. Like every day is a new adventure, and that can feel very overwhelming. And the overwhelm can lead to fear and paralysis, and all that good juicy fun feelings that we we get as humans. And also, I'm I'm in the consciousness space. Like it's relatively new, and even the conversations that are having, and like cold plunge and microdosing and breath work. A lot of this stuff is becoming. Uh, you know, to more talked about and it's becoming big and it's like the business behind spirituality, like that can get a little bit messy. And yeah, I, I feel just being a woman today is, is, is hard work because there's so much pressure to do all the things and there's so many distractions.
0: So how do you, how do you prune, you know, you talk about pruning, pruning the business and pruning the tree. How do you prune your life? to figure out out of all the different things you could do, out of all the different pressures, expectations, the different identities, the different things even that are genuinely important to you, how do you prune it? And how do you figure out what are the essential pieces of Jenna and of your life?
1: I just stop doing what I don't wanna do anymore. And I take a step back every so often, like, do I like doing this? And I listen to my body and, and I have a natural hosting gene which is a good thing and sometimes a negative thing because a lot of times, I'll just give an example so it's relatable, a lot of times at Conscious Lab in the past, like someone was having their event and I would get there early, be there to greet them. I'd make the tea, I'd make sure they had everything and I was like very motherly. And at first that really served me. It really, like I have very good reviews now on Space because I've gone above and beyond so many times. And now like there was an event last night and it looked cool I would have loved to have gone to it but my partner Orson was out of town so it's like I can communicate to the guy renting the space what to do. And I even one step further, I can hire someone to do that. Like I don't have to use all my energy because it's not serving the highest good. What would serve the highest good is if I did open a hundred conscious labs across the world and help people step into their higher self. Like that would be the big picture, but that's a 10X, right? And that's why the book talks about 2x is harder. Like 2x would be like, I'm gonna be twice as good a hostess and like <laughs> really, you know, and but at the end of the day, like these expectations of what a good hostess is, it's just my own internal dialogue. The person from the outside has no idea. <laughs> They're just like renting a space. <laughs> it's very transactional. So a lot of um, a lot of the work is really listening to the inner storyteller. And we can listen to the positive higher self storyteller. Or we can listen to the lower self storyteller. And the stories are so different. So what we tune into is what creates our perspective and ultimately our reality.
0: How do you do that? Tune into
1: the higher one.
0: How do you know, like, which one is your higher and which one is your lower? How do you know if the... Because you even said it, you know, like, some days are hard. How do you know if if that voice saying you should just quit it all is the higher or the lower because someday like it it's part as we even said doubt is part of the creative process so how do you know if it's part of the creative process in service of the higher vision in service of your best self or uh if it's the voice telling you this isn't your path this isn't for you
1: yeah that's an excellent question discernment it's all about the discernment and i i feel like the truth like there's a higher truth and and I, I feel the higher truth is connected to our internal truth as well. Like we know when something, when we're pretending, we know.
0: How do you know? Like what's your, what are some of your like maybe green flags or red flags? Like what are some of the things, how does Jenna know?
1: Yeah. Well, I entered into a partnership last year with a really big company and I did not necessarily want to do it, but I thought it was the right thing. I thought it would make some money. I thought it would just be good, but I knew. And I, well, I think, you know, when you don't have to try and convince yourself.
0: Mm. And
1: I think Danielle Laporte calls it like hell no, or hell yes, or hell no, or whatever you want to call it. It's like a very strong, it's instinctual. You move towards and it's, um, Susie Batiz, the founder of Poo-Pourri, someone I really look to for inspiration, she talks about resonance and dissonance. You know when you're resonating because you don't have to convince yourself you're resonating. You are resonating, you feel it. It's like when you hear a really good song you like, you don't have to question, do I like this song? Does this song make me happy? It's all the same thing. You just can apply the same sort of internal technology to all different aspects. As soon as it's like, oh, should I go to this thing? Well, this person should be, will probably be there. And I should probably get to talk to them or, you know, this person. And we all do it. You can't fault yourself. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the creative process. I, I feel like you'd be inhuman if you didn't have this internal dialogue to some degree. But the di- the discernment and the tuning gets easier and easier or you fine tune it, the higher you go. And it's like any craft, it's like a painter or a violinist, like you just get better and better as you do it. But that's why I love talking about consciousness, because consciousness is that awareness of what's happening. And it's that separation between your thoughts. It's just that autopilot. And let's face it, a lot of people just have that autopilot all the time. And, and, and social media is not helping the, the whole problem, and I, I was talking about this just the other day, I feel like it's what cigarettes were probably 50 years ago, where, you know, doctors smoked, smoked on airplanes, no one thought anything of it, it was just normal. And I feel like right now, that's what it is with social media and our addictions to our phones, we're in it, but... Enough people are starting to wake up to the long term impact and the long term harm of, of some of these habits that we've we've started to cultivate cultivate as our society has gone faster and faster. And I don't think a really fast society, like sure, we can build a lot of things. I don't know if that's a healthy way to go long term. It's just not sustainable. And that's why, you know, people want to grow vegetables now and do these these more practical um skills that actually slow us down and get us present because consciousness requires presence you can't be conscious in the past like you can be conscious you're thinking of the past but when you go deep into those stories like you're just allowing that thought process to take over
0: I mean I couldn't agree more with everything that you said there from the resonance and the dissonance and I just love what you said there about if you have to convince yourself, it's not resonant, you know? Um, and I also just love what you, I totally agree about social media and like, I don't have the answers. I haven't gotten it figured out, but I a thousand percent agree with you that it's, we're going in the wrong direction with it. And, um, yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like if we could, and I think consciousness, you're right, is one of the answers. Like, I feel like at least I'm in the place And I know many of us are, and society is in this place where we're recognized, like there there is a huge number of us that are recognizing it's probably not great for us. And that is, I think, the first step towards actually improving it and fixing it uh, and growing vegetables and all the things, all those pieces, being present. Um, Okay, question for you. I know you're someone who, you are very visionary and I hear you, I mean, the idea to create 100 conscious, labs around the world. I, I love it. Like, I'm, it makes me excited. And I know you've already achieved a lot of things. So in what way do you think that achieving your goals actually makes your life harder? How has in your life being successful actually been a challenge, made things harder?
1: Well, to answer that question, you have to look at the whole situation from a negative viewpoint, right?
0: Potentially. Because,
1: yeah, because it's saying, I I feel like my lower self would have that perspective of like, how has it made my life harder? Like it's made everything easier.
0: Oh, okay. Let me, um, let me share with you something that you've made me reframe. And I, and I think we're going to talk about it on the next episode. The idea that and I think we're both big believers in this, that like the hard things aren't necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I think that there's this intercept, you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a conception that if something's been made harder that it's automatically negative, but I don't think that's necessarily it. And I think we're gonna talk about that more in the next episode. So um, if we remove the the concept that, or the assumption that something being harder or more challenging is automatically a bad thing,
1: Mm, Yes, I see what you're, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because it's really like riding this wave. And I've known or I know a lot of successful people like from like billionaire level. And and so it's so fascinating. I'm, I'm always grateful when I can have conversations with with people who maybe on the outside, you're like, Whoa,
0: they're so successful. But do you know, can you can you swear on this podcast? Uh, Go for it. If you got children, Turn this off and hit pause. Hit pause. Come back.
1: Like the clusterfuck, some of these people like have had to go through and like just like sometimes like the shitstorm that their life is in. It is not for the faint of heart. So the the more successful, whatever, the more energy comes into your life. It's like this, but for most of us, we want a life like this. And so, what you need to get better at is really i think breath work and this is why it's such a huge huge um uh, well i guess a trend or whatever you want to call it now because simply breathing and slowing down and using some of these physical modalities is really i feel the only way through or i guess you could drink a lot and take a lot of drugs that's another (laughs) coping mechanism but again higher lower right um so the the bigger you get, or the higher you go, because I believe everything's a spiral staircase up or a spiral staircase down. So, say you're climbing the spiral staircase, the the higher you get, like it really, it's like this, and and yeah, you gotta buckle up, and you gotta get, you gotta have friends who are also riding that wave and a community around you, because if you're the one up here and all your friends are down here like it just will not be compatible you'll either fall to their level again or i mean tony robbins always talks about the five people that surround you it's 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 legit though that's super super important
0: for those that couldn't see jenna's hands she's making like big waves like up high and down low versus like little waves and i think this is a really interesting concept because it's true like in some ways like the higher up you go you also have the higher lows and you have to have the capacity for those bigger waves i don't know if i'm hopefully explaining that like you need to have the capacity for the bigger waves. And as an example, one of the things that I think about, um, and we've talked about this, like when you have certain success, uh, it can actually take away the excuse. You can't say, I don't have time, or I don't have money cause you have it. Right. And in some ways that can actually make things harder, right? Like there's that down wave, like you don't, you have to actually take accountability and personal responsibility and you just have different challenges coming at you. And so, yeah. uh, I guess it's, I wanted to bring that up for because I think there's just so many interesting topics in there, and I know you know a lot of successful people, so you under you get this because a lot of people just think like, and I literally just met up with an amazing entrepreneur the other day who is like has achieved her goals that we worked on a few years ago, one of my uh, previous client of mine, and she's still just like I have all the things, and it's it's it ain't it like uh, she's still struggling in a lot of ways, and I I think we just need to like. I guess I want to bring awareness to that. I think it's important to speak life into that as opposed to just being like, oh, yes, if you just achieve all your goals. If you have these levels of success, everything in your life is going to be fine. We have to recognize the truth of it that that's not enough and that we actually need to build the resiliency, the capacity, and many things that I probably don't even know about yet because I'm still on that journey too. Um, as we bring call in more success and more uh, achievement, there's also the bigger challenges and the bigger responsibilities, and those, we have to figure out how to navigate those waves. And I agree, having great people around you and having breath work as a tool in a toolbox, two really, really important ways to navigate and ride those waves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like what you said about increasing your capacity, your bandwidth, and
0: these are all your surfing skills, whatever you want to call it.
1: Whatever you want to call it, you just have to. It's like building any muscle. I mean, a lot of this stuff isn't revolutionary. It's not like, whoa, that's a secret answer I've never heard of. Like, it's, it's just like building muscles on your body, building. There's a training involved. And that's why usually, you know, people who win the lottery, they end up in the same position they are a year later, because they haven't built those muscles. They haven't built that capacity to receive more and i've definitely had like when my book came out it was a really because it was also the 10 year anniversary of make it it was exciting i did a press tour i got to go to toronto and do lots of cool stuff and i really felt like it took a lot out of me and i It wasn't just like this happy time it was like it was it was was tough like because I felt that stretching because sometimes that stretching happens like really really fast and it can be quite painful just like growing pains like it's it's all like the inside stuff and the outside stuff like there's so many parallels right like it's all kind of the same which makes it so fascinating
0: Agreed, agreed. And you know, I think, you know, you're right. None of this is revolutionary. Like people like, but also we don't always talk about this. And social media, I think especially makes us look, it looks like everybody's life is so perfect. And it's just like, accomplishing these few things or taking these boxes and then everything's okay and not everybody has you know jenna's in their life like i do and not everybody has the people in that you have in your life to really see behind the shit show and and see the reality of it so that's why i just you know i'm really so grateful for your openness and because one of the missions of this podcast is to like literally put a mic to these conversations that are kind of happening in these places but aren't really in you know, and I'm here with like the women of consciousness herself, like they're not in the in the collective consciousness as much and the mic as much as they should be. OK, let's talk about motherhood before we wrap this up a little bit more, because my personal opinion and you alluded to it, and so it's I think you might agree with me on this, but I do think that motherhood and entrepreneurship are like the best personal growth experiences you can ever ask for like both of them stretch have stretched me in so many ways and continue to um what do you think are the parts of motherhood and entrepreneurship that are easier when they come together and what do you think is harder when you have both of them together
1: it's almost like riding two roller coasters at the same time.
0: <laughs> oh yes, yes, or like surfing two waves. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they both really have the highest,
1: highest um, velocity of of emotion and and just feelings and whiplash, whiplash, and you're just getting thrashed around. And so when they're scary, they're really freaking scary. And when they're amazing, they're so amazing. And one can be really good and one can be really, really hard. And they also take up all of your focus. And where I, like my my son Arlo told me yesterday morning that he didn't want to go to daycare. He wanted to stay home with mom. And I think he was not feeling 100%. So I'm like, okay, you can stay at home with mom. And of course I had all these like calls and things I was planning to do with my day. And a few of them I was able to do because I just put on a movie and he was happy to watch his, you know, his movie. Uh, but then it's like you feel guilty and like, oh, I'm being a bad mom because my kid's watching all this TV today. But I'm really like so excited to, to be on this Zoom call. Like I genuinely was doing calls and stuff I really wanted to be on. Um, so that can be tough. And then we went to the playground and I was, I was having a Zoom call. Oh, this is kind of funny. I was literally <laughs> by uh, a science world, that big tower, there's this like big tower and a big metal slide. And so I was on a Zoom call with my video off, of course, and I'm climbing because Arla wants mom to come up. I was climbing this tower going down this like mega slide while having a Zoom call. And it all felt so funny to me. And I, I told the people I was chatting with and and uh, they have kids, so they kind of thought it was hilarious, too. But it made me realize like, wow, it, that's like extreme. <laughs> But you just have to laugh at it and realize like when you're an entrepreneur, this is the toughest pill to swallow. We really have full control of what we're spending our time on.
0: How do you take full control of the time you're spending on? Like what, what strategies, tips, or perspectives do you have that, do you think allow you to really claim that and take ownership?
1: Oh, I'm still learning this all the time. I feel like it's that delicate balance of, you know, we all wanna be in service and help everybody out and, and get our brains picked and all that. And you can either go through the day allowing your energy to be tapped in or tapping into other people's energy, and it's a bit of, or tapping into your own. So I think it's just structuring your day. Like, do you wanna take that phone call? Is that a meeting that's life-giving? Does it matter to you? And just being really honest with yourself. And yeah, some people might think you're a jerk because you don't wanna, you know, maybe have a meeting with them for an hour, and that's okay. I, I feel that as women, the more we get comfortable with possibly being perceived as a jerk and probably you won't be, they'll just be like, Oh, she's really busy. Cause she's doing all this cool stuff. Uh, just getting really, really selfish with your time, because if you're going to be selfish about anything, it should probably be your time.
0: Yes. Yeah, such, such important Literally, words. Time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. It's such
1: a pre- precious resource. Like You know, money is a precious resource, of course, in certain ways. But we also know now that you don't have to trade your time for money. There's other ways. But really, like connection is such a, a valuable resource, too and we get to choose who we connect to and we know that's why we wanted to record this podcast because like you and i have such a beautiful connection whenever i hang out with you i feel like i feel like abundant and i feel happy and you know you give so much to me and it's that cycle of giving receiving and that's why these you know these friendships i think as you get more conscious like become deeper so much faster because i really haven't known you for very long lisa but it feels like we have that soul sister like you know I trust you, and I tell you everything, and like it's amazing how fast that can happen when you just get really clear on on who you want to be.
0: Oh, I really deeply appreciate all those kind of words, and I feel exactly the same way. It was funny, like I'm like, oh. I was coming up I'm like I don't even know I don't know what like what Jenna's parents did for work like I, there's so many things about you like surf sort of things that like I don't know but like I know you and I also deeply trust you and will like tell you anything and would do anything for you and like I it is I'm so grateful for our friendship and I know that everybody listening like you got you you got a little glimpse into how amazing Jenna is and how lucky I am to have her in my life and you guys are all getting a little glimpse of it on this on this show um okay i'm gonna go into the rapid fire questions here as much as like i don't want to i feel like i need to because we have a very important pre-event dinner date to get to jenna and uh we're gonna make that happen okay um so okay rapid fire question um in this season of life what keeps you up at night
1: like in a good way or a bad way oh tell me both well, I get really excited about things, so sometimes my brain wakes up. well, I wake up because I've got a two year old so sometimes he's and now he's sleeping in our bed, but that's a whole other story uh yeah, sometimes I just get these downloads of ideas and it literally feels like my brain is being downloaded from something else and it's just like Grr! so that can be pretty intense, so that definitely keeps me up at night uh like negative things I don't know the world's just like crazy right now it's <laughs> just like. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense and sometimes what keeps me up at night is confusion of my feelings
0: Mm. yep I get that I get that okay uh selfish question what entrepreneurship advice do you think I should take
1: oh wow that you should take (laughs) That's that's a tough one like Lisa you're doing such amazing stuff like I feel you but you're doing maybe a lot of different things like maybe just I don't know. Focus in on the one thing you like the most or love the most that really fuels you up. Cause it's it. That's what I felt with Make It and Conscious Lab. Like I know this rapid fire. This is long winded, but uh, Make It. Took a lot of focus, but I loved Conscious Lab, so it was very hard. Like, Conscious Lab was just my hobby in the back that sometimes I got to play with. But now that I get to play with it all the time, it's so fun, doesn't feel like work. It, literally, we get to go to a cool party tonight with this incredible woman, get to dance, and I freaking get paid. Like, how does that, how is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I'm so excited to build that. And I see the level above that, and the level above that, a level above that. Yeah, just do stuff for selfish reasons.
0: Oh, such good advice for anybody, not just for me, for all of us. Okay, what's a goal you're working on right now?
1: To have more time just to, like, just do whatever I want. Like, free time. More free time.
0: One of the things I really love to do on this podcast, too, is to normalize changing your mind. And... (laughs) Well, I just, I feel like, okay, here's mini soapbox for a second, rapid fire, but I feel like people get attached to like an identity and a belief and the belief in the identity and then they can't like pull it apart. I think it's one of the problems in our society and especially with polarization and things like that. I think it's people becoming overly attached to a, an identity and therefore the belief that's supposed to come along with that identity. So I want to normalize us that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to have, to learn something new. And in fact, if you're, have been presented with new information and you haven't like you you haven't changed your mind at all. You haven't like thought about anything any differently. You're actually not that smart. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. Um, so anyways, I want to normalize that it's okay to change your mind. So what's something in motherhood that you've changed your mind about? Maybe something you thought oh. you would never do. Something, yeah, whatever you think. Right now, I have my son in daycare
1: almost full-time. We started out with two days, and we did three, and then we did four. Now, because I'm I'm doing some work right now that feels really important. and It feels like such a calling. So, yeah, I've got, and, and I do definitely have the mom guilt. That's why I let him stay home yesterday, because I missed him. And who knows? I might regret it later on, and I'm just doing the best I can right now.
0: So So good. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Okay, uh, what does your morning routine look like these days?
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, we're letting Arlo sleep with us because my partner Orson was traveling a lot and I just love connecting him because he's so sweet. And now he's he's kind of stuck in our bed because, and I think Orson likes it too. Um, yeah. So it kind of depends when Arlo's going to wake up. Sometimes I wake up before him. Sometimes I wake up at the same time. And it's kind of like that mad dash for getting him off to daycare. I try and make a smoothie because I really like smoothies. Um yeah i don't really do a lot of meditative like sometimes when i'm peddling them i'm like just meditate just meditate i don't know I'll try I, and stuff some
0: I, in my mouth <laughs> i love the realness i think it's important to like normalize all the I different things brush my teeth
1: every day
0: oh yeah, then you are winning girl I you
1: are winning <laughs> and now that i have my fake lashes i just gotta wash my face like put on some lotion and I can just like be presentable to the outside world. Yeah. It looks, yeah. Before, before I had my son, I could like just have like an hour long thing and it was glorious, but.
0: Yeah. Motherhood's different. It changes things. Absolutely. Okay. Have you had an I've made it moment? And if yes, what was it?
1: Yeah, I've had lots. I actually think that's super important to celebrate and to acknowledge how far you've come. It's something that I just love celebrating usually because there's like food involved (laughs) like we can celebrate we should celebrate this podcast we are going to to. we're going to celebrate uh and yeah i love that feeling of celebration and i really believe like you should celebrate like we just signed a a lease for conscious lab last was it this week last week i'm losing oh this monday yeah so we like went out for orson and i went out to the Place that we first met, our first date spot, and just had a lovely lunch and celebrated like this new chapter. Um, yeah, like when my book came out, I got to be on the cover of the Georgia Strait so that was pretty cool. Just I was out of town because I was doing my press tour in Toronto, I think. And no, no, I was in Calgary for Make It, and so I had like all my friends on Instagram stories like holding up the cover, so that that felt really cool. And every time we end Make It, like we've really created like ritual within the show, so we do like a big family photo and then we all like cheer and it's like this is like really elated like I'm so exhausted I feel like I'm gonna like fall over and I'm so like hyped up so it's just a really beautiful moment always go for a really nice dinner after that um yeah I feel like it's celebrating yourself is oh and I like to buy I like to buy jewelry for myself after big accomplishments yeah (sighs) Cause why not? It's fun. You get
0: to see it after and we got quite a ring collection now. Uh-huh. I'll never look at your rings the same. I'll be like, oh, what was this for? What was this for? What was this yeah. for? Yeah. So cool. Oh, I love that. Okay. Anybody who listens to this episode, like there's so many little treasures that you've dropped in here from entrepreneurship tips to consciousness and spirituality to, to mindset to motherhood and just cool human vibes. Like you are just all of the, all of the things. So <laughs> cool. for those that are like, I need more Jenna in my life. Uh, where can people find you, follow you and get in your, your world?
1: Get into my world. Well, if you are a creative entrepreneur, a crafter, maker, definitely apply for make it Vancouver. We're close to sold out. But if you go to make it we we've decided this year, we're just turning off Instagram when we're not actively doing the show so we're not there's probably a bunch of dms because we have like thirty thousand followers and i literally haven't checked it or no one's checked it in months um but anyways that's another story uh but yeah artist maker apply for make it and for conscious lab there's so many great events happening all the time so just check out instagram like i said i got the name conscious lab uh or consciouslab.ca as well and yeah i love i love collaborating it's so fun when you can meet other like-minded people and put something awesome together, so let me know.
0: Love it. Okay, so go check out Jenna and Conscious Lab. Make it show. Um, make sure that if you are interested in collaborating, that you reach out to her. And if you just like cool things, like me, then go to all of them because they're all incredible. Um, Jenna, thank you so much for this. Oh, speaking of cool things, we have got to get going to Tara Tang's uh, book launch party. So I'll let you go on that. I'll also uh, drop in the show notes the link to, to Tara's book because it's going to be beautiful. Your Body's a revolution. It's gonna be magic, um, Jenna. Thank you. This is such a pleasure. Uh, we have lots more to talk about, so I know you're gonna be back. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life as a friend, as as a fellow mama, as a neighbor, which is amazing. And I know. Like right over there, right? <laughs> I know, I know. We can like almost see each other from where we're recording. It's very cool. Um, but just thank you know, thank you for being you. Thank you for. being the visionary you are and just know that your impact spreads so so far and i know you're not done yet
1: oh well thank you lisa you are an incredible human such a pleasure to be your friend and i always love all the time we get to spend together it's really really precious
0: That was so good. I have to say, it was such a pleasure to interview a close friend like Jenna and also to be able to finish sentences like, What is this? It's, it's such a treat. All parents, you get it. It's so hard to finish a, a sentence with your children around. Um, and I, you know, I just genuinely, I know we really hope that you enjoyed that episode. We talked a lot. And as I listened back and reread the transcript and check out the summary that my shout out here, my new AI podcasting tool, Cast Magic, link in the show notes, what it created for me, um, I realized we covered so many topics in this episode and one of the things that really stood out to me was what Jenna said about how sometimes being successful and achieving your goals makes things harder because all of a sudden you don't have the excuse of not having time or money and you actually have to show up and take responsibility and accountability. I love also the insights she had about being able to ride those waves and that they get bigger the more success that you have. I think this is really important because obviously this show is called Golden Girls Podcast, Focus on Goals for a reason. I believe in goals, I love goals, I like to talk about goals and I also think this is such an important reminder of how achieving your goals isn't the end all be all. I always say that to me goals are the catalyst for your personal growth and what she shares there I think really just drives home one of the big messages of this show, dare I say my life, gosh that sounds like a lot of pressure but you know I'm saying it, that this this whole journey. Goals, they really, really are about your own personal growth and using them as a catalyst for your growth, your development, your consciousness, and your awakening. If we do this on a mass scale, I think we really do change ourselves and change the world. Just a little bit more pressure. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Well, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, family, someone that you love that you think would appreciate this too. Also, uh, some of you have been tagging, taking screenshots and tagging me lately and I love that. Thank you so much. Please do that. You can tag me at the Lisa Me Show or at Golden Girls Podcast or both. You can also tag Jenna and all the links are in the, the show notes for us. And I got to tell you, there is nothing better. Um, it kind of gives me imposter syndrome. It's something I'm leaning into and I it feels like, good and scary in all, all the right ways, there's nothing better than knowing that you've listened, that you've gotten something out of this episode. Um, and you know, I'm an extrovert and sometimes it's only behind the mic. So I really appreciate that connection that I get to have with you. So thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing with me. Thanks to Jenna for being here. And cheers. Cheers to more community, more collaborations, and more consciousness as we prune and fine tune our lives to create exactly what we want and, you know, maybe change the world in the process too. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises. Make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls Podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls Podcast.